Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to episode 66 of On the Table Gaming. We'll be talking about A Song of Ice and Fire, and I'm Chase, and we're joined today with my partner in crime, Josh. How's everybody doing? Josh, it was great to get some games today. It was, it was very good getting the Baratheons out there on the table again. So fun. I'm feeling it. I mean, I actually, I felt it this time more so. <laughs> I would say this outing, I had my free folk, was very different going into the Baratheons than the last time we played, hmm. especially with, you know, running Melisandre. That was a, that was a learning experience. Uh, we did some proxying today and I, and I, with some of the new stuff, and I got to say, it's, it's all been pretty great. I, I'm firmly in the uh, Stannis camp, though, now. Uh, having played with Renly and like a lot of those cards just never came up. So I'm thinking Stannis the man is for the win. The Baratheons are going to be a force. But you know what? Before we talk about all the cool Baratheon stuff, you know what we're really here to do is talk about the 1.5.1 changes to the Free Folk. Catchy title. Yeah, it's you know kind of very mathematical <laughs> sounding. 1.5.1. Just like a scholarly Free Folk. We'll be talking about uh, the Night's Watch on, a, on another future episode. Uh, but we kind of got the, the miniatures on the table today. We got to push them around, run some fun scenarios, run some more serious scenarios. I got to say, it's it's kind of like a whole new world. Uh, you know, I, I will say the power level of the, especially the Giants, which we'll talk about a little later, but like <laughs> for sure, um, I, you can you can kind of feel them coming into their own a little bit more. I mean, I, I think had some good success with Baratheons today, but I definitely felt the power level coming through. Uh, from these new changes now out of the games we played today i did field some savage cave dwellers and they saw a change in 1.5.1 their attack dice increased from 753 to 754 but their ruthless savagery that's really where it changed the most it no longer gets like a free effect and then you choose one per your opponent's destroyed rank now it's only an effect if the opponent's ranks are destroyed and the effects are different so it still has sundering as one option but now you have when you attack, instead of vicious, you can make the opponent vulnerable. And then the top attack is, uh, the, the top option is uh, you get plus one to hit and plus one attack die per destroyed enemy rank. So if you're down on down to their last rank, I could be hitting you on like a two plus at nine dice. But, you know, you really got to be damaged a bit. I don't know. How did it feel? There was a time I think my Cable Savages <laughs> got into your, your Stormcrow Archers. and I mean, they're pretty effective, but I, I guess my whole thing about them is that they punch hardest when they're hitting somebody who's almost dead anyway, right? Right. It's like a win more. Yeah. And, and then when you're fighting something that's like full strength, you know, it's kind of like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> and the bonuses that you get now are, are, I would say, not quite as good. I mean, vulnerables, I think, are a good one. But, you know, and, and can they still get sundering? They can get sundering. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's that stayed the same. But really, it's the loss of the vicious. So now they only really yeah. do damage on one plane. It's the physical plane. Well, and not starting with an effect is a massive debuff, for sure. That's been the biggest thing. And I didn't think that'd be as, as big of an impact. But I realized that I often was reaching for them on a three plus to hit and counting on that and sometimes getting in there and not really dropping that many dice. I mean, you're living that stack night life basically <laughs> you know oh geez oh man i got nothing going on here like when you yeah seven and even like when i took plus. The, the plus one to hit and plus one die with a rank down i was like man i feel like i worked i worked pretty hard to get this rank down and then it's like one additional damage i mean really it's more than that right because instead of getting like 50 percent, you know I'm, I'm getting a three plus chance to hit but they definitely felt different and i'm not gonna say it's bad but I think the old smash you in the face and hit you with vicious and just kind of be like, 
you know, it's like I, I locked you in a room with a badger or something, an angry badger. <laughs> it's it's no longer like that. Now it's a much more calculated piece. And they come in there just like they clean house on something that's that's already mortally wounded. So that's going to take some getting used to. A hundred percent. And it was, you know, like you said, they're not bad. I would just say that they like losing that first that like that, like, you know, initial ability was just it definitely hurts their attack profile for sure. So you, you play them a little bit differently. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing is it's like, yeah, any unit's going to be bad if you play it wrong. Uh, and this actually kind of saw a little bit of lateral role shift. And I think, you know, that was always part of the design, right? They're, they're clearly designed to be like the kind of this closer unit. Now they really, really are. Um, yeah. And, you know, there was that one point in the game we were playing where we had like one warden that just like wouldn't die. <laughs> uh, you know, I should have just rolled them over there. That would have uh, that would have settled it for sure. But kind of fill in their spot now are the followers of Bone. And, and we had talked with Fabio last week about them, uh, but they saw some significant changes. So the followers of Bones now have Vicious. So the uh, the Cave Dwellers lost it. The followers got it. And you know, that just allows them with their eight dice on three plus. They've got a, an increase in their, their regular attacks on their last rank. They've got five dice instead of the old three. Second rank is six instead of five. So slight increase. But a major increase, I would yeah. say. Yeah. I mean, it just three. means that they stick around, right? Right. Like three, three dice to five is almost is big, pointless, yeah. right? You can like kill ranks now. Yes, exactly. So it's it's one of those things where you, that's a big buff because even on your last rank swinging at five dice, it's like that's not horrible. Three dice right. is like almost not worth attacking. And so I was running it with Weeper in there, so I got to cut them down. And that was, you can really pack a punch. But I really did realize now, uh, you know, we got kind of complained. We used to complain, oh, they were so bad uh, because they would just kind of melt. Well, they still kind of do, and <laughs> it do. was the Cave Dweller Savage's like four plus morale. That's like the big saving grace, is that you're usually only taking the damage you take, and you're oftentimes not having to worry about the morale damage as much. Where the Followers of Bone, you know, you get hit. Sure, you might be hurting them, making them have to take a horrible visage uh, check, hitting them with Vicious, but then, you know, you have to take that morale check, and on a seven plus, that can be kind of rough sometimes. I mean, it's like a sort of like an average, but with with any sort of negatives to that, it's pretty easy to to inflict some morale damage on them. Right. But at this point, like you know, this is elite tier, right? Where you know they're the six point unit. You got thin warriors. You got followers of bone. You got one point more as a giant. Yes. You know, these are your your top dogs, and so their their role is really clear now. They do a ton of damage, but you're really gonna want to protect them. Uh, there's not really like a tanky unit besides maybe giants in the free folk army. So it's, you, I mean, you, it's just like anything fan, else. Like that's what I a little, I'm a little bit worried about is like the yeah. fen at, at six points, especially if you put a, a chosen of Steyr in there, but then that's a seven point unit. It's a seven point unit that now with weakened tokens and setting it up right might tank as well as a giant, but a giant also kills things. <laughs> Right. And kills lots of things. So seven points is just so much. That is a huge investment. Um, we did play actually that that uh, uh, scenario today that we hadn't played in I don't know since like release the a storm <laughs> a, a storm of swords. Like we played yeah. that maybe like the first week and never went back to it. And and it was just kind of a fun a fun game. If you guys haven't played that one, it's it's interesting to go back to after all this time. I, I mean, I had a blast. I, it was funny because we we just had played like kind of a more serious game, and then we thought, well, it would be kind of funny to or fun to, you know, just check out that old castle scenario. Um, so it was, it was just the, like 
a horde of free folk and yeah. I was trying to hold you back. It was uh, it was pretty awesome. There, some of the cards though, there was uh, the attacker and defender cards that we hadn't looked at, and it was kind of like funny going back and like being surprised. Oh yeah, there's or, some like, baloney cards. Yeah, or it was just like so discord. You know, you start at the end of any friendly turn, and until the end of the round, all enemy attachments and NCUs lose all abilities. You're like, oh, <laughs> that, that's kind of good. <laughs> like, I kind of yeah. wasn't expecting that. It's like, yeah. Uh, well, the MVPs for me were definitely the uh, the walls, because those oh things were gosh. just lighting up the free folk. Mm-hmm. I'd just be like, I got my, my my raiders or whatever making it to the wall. There's like two of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. Free, that's why we don't fight walls. We climb over them. I wanted to probably safer but i still have to get to it i guess so um but that that was fun too but i didn't end up fielding then the uh bone lord's chosen and you know i haven't gotten that one on the table yet but having this like elite uh eight point unit with either the rattle shirt commander or the rattle shirt attachment which would make it a 10 point unit i I don't know that's on my list of things i want to start running more yeah but you know I have a feeling it's going to be one of those units where it's like when I play it well and things go right, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, this is brutal. It's amazing when it gets charged with a unit of, you know, Knights of Castle Rock or gets caught off guard. Then I'll be like, oh, eh, not so great. Yeah, I mean, and like, that's the thing. When you dump that many points into an infantry unit, you really need them to have some staying power uh, because you're going to get charged at some point. Something's going to happen. You're going to have to deal with being attacked and. You know, it's just one of those things like you can't always count on out, way outmaneuvering your opponent. Sometimes you're going to get attacked and you have to have some resiliency. I think that's yeah. always a struggle with these guys. It's like you got to be very careful about how you use them. Right. And it might be, I mean, they have morale of five plus, but it might be, I mean, maybe it's just super thematic. But now I'm really thinking like, oh, you know, if I'm fighting Baratheon players and they're taking Melisandre, you know, that's a unit that I don't want to be taking a ton of wounds on. And if you can make me take a panic test at a you know minus three, if I'm near you know a, any sort of thing that impedes that corpse pile, a minus four taking plus three wounds on addition to my failed test, that's gonna hurt. Mel was great. Mel was like a long range cruise missile, you know that yeah, I could just kind of. I can fire still off. smell the free folk burning. <laughs> yeah, that that ability is pretty gross. I you know it really depends on who you hit, but. Against something like this, you know, knocking their morale way down, and then if you can pull it off, I mean, they can. You can do a lot of wounds for a pretty low investment. And then, you know, spear wives. I don't know. They were kind of just a thing. They uh. didn't do great. <laughs> they didn't do poorly. They just meh. They existed. And they existed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just kind of going to the list of these. Go ahead. I would say like a, a full point deduction is pretty big. Um, yeah. I still feel like the, the their biggest problem is just that they're you know competing with like either you know they're they're a little bit more pricey than a raider unit and not much better or they're a little bit more expensive than or a little less expensive rather than cave dweller savages and it's like much much worse. Yeah, although I don't know if they're much worse now. Like I, I feel like maybe mm-hmm. the cave dweller savages, maybe they're in a spot now where they're weak enough that it's like yeah maybe I would take spear wives over them. It's just that they're right. so tanky. Like, if I'm worried about giving up a point, uh, having the morale of four plus on the on the cave dwellers is just so so good. I mean, you're basically not taking morale damage, and I mean, you're you're gonna take practically every hit that comes through. Uh, but I mean, like, 
the, what are the spear wise? Are they five plus five plus eight? armor? Yeah, and seven yeah. plus morale. And it's like, yeah, it's uh, they're substantially squishier. Yeah, which is so, okay, but I don't know. I mean, I really do want to make them work. Uh, when I get my skin changers, I've got three units of spear wives, so yeah, I was gonna I say might that's try probably some. why. I might. And I've just always been a diehard spear fan, fan a spear a spear wife fan. It's one I just want them to be a thing. So I might maybe make that work with uh, some skin changers, getting a little bit of extra help. But I don't know. We'll see down the line. Uh, let's go down the list here. We got rattle shirt. We didn't take him. Uh, I don't know how great he's going to be. I'm I'm a little bit down on rattle shirt sometimes. The fact is that like his tactics cards, they they happen after the fact, right? You kill an enemy rank in melee, then you get to attach something. He makes it better. He doesn't have to put it on himself. He can throw them at a, at a distance now. Sweet, but like it's still always like after the fact. And you know, if it's sticking around is the thing you need it to be to use it. My my free folk, they're not the best at sticking around. So I think you really got to build carefully for that. That's something down the line I'll look into. But if you guys are playing Rattleshirt and you're loving it and you've got great lists you're using with them, like sh- let me know. Shoot them our way. I'll take a look. I'll test them out. But so far, I'm I'm kind of least excited to try that character, that change. It's kind of cool though. I mean, yeah, like I maybe he's not necessarily like tournament level good, but it's a, he's a really sweet attachment. I could still see playing. Oh my him god, just because it's a cool ability. Oh yeah, uh, as a commander, and then his attachment's pretty good at two points, like getting the ability to charge in. I might take the attachment over the commander, but you know, it's also I think he's just not my play style, yeah. and I think I just need to adjust to it. So you know, hopefully there's some people out there that can get in touch with me that will let me know how they're how they're killing everybody with rattle shirt. <laughs> but Chase, what you would know. you say your play style is? My play style is probably run forward and hope oh. things work out. Yeah, no, I think now my my playstyle <laughs> might be try and get auto wounds just rolling, and we'll talk about maybe a, a sample list here at the end. But must I was having a little bit of fun with that, and uh, <laughs> my god, if I have you know a spammy horde list and a giant spam list, though that's a that's kind of covers my bases. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, Harmless Banderman actually amazing at zero points. Being able to give your attack vicious, you take D3 wounds from using it, but you get to attack at your highest attack value as well. Having a you know a, a you know a few characters left, a few raiders left, a few spear wives, even trappers, you know, being able to get vicious on their attack, that's huge. And you know, I'll take the wounds for that. Yeah. Zero, and point. zero points are just, you know, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be beneficial, just don't use it. Yeah, exactly. I, Which costs you literally zero. I, used, I did use Jarl, and I didn't use him in our serious modes. I used him in our attack the castle wall. Yeah, um, yeah. it's amazing okay. at one point, but uh, getting shut out against like a, a skillful player, uh, they'll just wait for when they want, you know, you know, it's the second turn, you know I want to try and jump in then. Well, you can just block it. Right. It does put a little bit of pressure on but I think I might need to set up more situations where it's disadvantageous for you to do that. I think the trick was like the scenario that we played, it was, you know, yeah. it was very easy for me to deploy walls. on the sides. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was like, I'm shooting you with the wall. I'm, I'm deploying behind you. It was like kind of stunted his ability to, to take advantage, but I could see that that's not, that's a really powerful ability. And so I, I think what totally I see that being good. I do want to start running Mance now with his changes, and I think that might be a really fun Jarl and Mance. 
would be a great pairing. And then running wild diplomacy. Version? Yeah, the commander version of Mance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, running wilding di- diplomacy, where when an NCU activates, you get to pick two zones in the tactics boards. And if the NCU claims either zone, you get to deal one combat unit D3 plus two wounds. You know, that, I think I would like you to take the commander version of Mance so you stop playing the NCU version of Mance because oh, he is annoying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, my flayed men are in a bog, now moving <laughs> three inches. <laughs> yeah, so like, they, they did work uh, in the end, but it just took them a while to get anywhere. Yeah, to get out of that pit. But yeah, that, that kind of sucked for a while. Yeah, no, that that was actually hilariously fun. I'm I'm enjoying that. And while we're on the you know, what did you think of the flayed men? Uh, flayed men changes I, I didn't think it really hurt hurt us that bad um critical blow obviously is you know there were some roles where i was like boy it would be nice to have four extra right. hits right now but yeah i i still think i still think they're good for the points honestly um changing it to on the charge didn't really seem to matter very much to me uh well, you're also really good at using cavalry I think I'm a much less skillful person with that. I've been playing Targs and it's just like, what? I get free maneuvers. Um, but yeah, you know, you weren't really getting bogged down that much. You're playing pretty smart with them. I thought it was I mean, really you, useful. You literally got bogged down, but once you got into combat, you didn't let me bogged down. <laughs> it's just about picking the right targets and not getting like sucked into just a, a war of attrition. I think uh, that's really the most important thing. I, I did like how you were using it to set up your your combo, your token combo. What was that ability you're using with them? I was just about to look that up because I was like, okay. I so Stannis has this one card. Let's see. Was it tactical approach? Uh tactical approach. Yeah. So attach this card to a friendly combat unit at the end of the game until the end of the game. So, you know, just gotta get that early. And then while attached, whenever this unit makes an attack, after defense dice are rolled, it may expend one condition token from the defender to deal an additional D3 wounds. If this is Stannis Baratheon's unit, it deals D three wounds instead of rolling. So I had one on Stannis's unit and the other one on the Flayed Men. And the Flayed Men, every time they charged, you know, they put a panic token on. So depending on what it was, you know, in this case, it was a lot of giants. Uh, I was able to, you know, pretty effectively throw an extra D3 wounds on top of my attack, which I thought paid off pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it's always a gamble there, right? You could you could possibly just go for the panic damage. You get D3 plus one, but this is a kind of like the sure thing. Uh, well, and going against giants, it's like the panic roll is such a crapshoot anyway. Yeah, uh, it just seemed like it was like a little easier to just take so the or the cave dweller savages, things like that too. Yeah, it's yeah, you, know, you have options then. So it seems right. like the flayed men are going to be more of just like your specific tool for you want to get panic tokens out for panic lists, or maybe you have mm-hmm. some other token situation. Um, I don't know. I think I like how it kind of makes it so that they're not stuck in every list you see. I mean, obviously, Baratheons, you guys are kind of hurting for cavalry right now, but... Well, um, yeah, I, I think for, for right now, they're still a must-run just because we don't really have anything else going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, the the Stormcrow archers were also pretty awesome today. Those were yeah. super useful to have a little bit more flexibility. Like, So I think Baratheons, you just kind of need to fill in some mercenaries to make their other stuff go, uh, and then just cut the... The, the stag mates out of your list and you'll be in good shape what about uh styre the iron-fisted giant i feel like you had in the two games the two last uh, games we played it kind of went both ways like i feel like there were some really sweet moments and then uh when you ran the renly list with lady olena just shutting them down turn them off oh yeah so proxying olena uh yeah that was awesome because styre's ability particularly on the giant is just such a ridiculous like 
you know, you, if you, you attack my Flademan, it's like, okay, well, you're basically. What did I hit you with? I hit you with seven wounds. That one. seven auto <laughs> <I> wounds. Like, <laughs> uh, okay, like that's oh, that's oh. over. Yeah, yeah, so so it's it's definitely one of those things where you have to, you know, Steyer as a, as an NCU, I think it was just ridiculous. I, I I wouldn't run anything but him, you know, in, in in free folk. I mean, that was great. That was great. So Steyer, I mean, at four <laughs> points though, he's not he's not crazy expensive though. Like I think he is still a powerful four point NCU. Yeah, and and a really important thing to note if uh, you guys haven't noticed the change to the card, the wording's different. It's uh. When influencing a friendly unit, each time that unit attacks, it deals an additional D3 wounds. It doesn't say anything about melee attacks. So trappers, spearwives, throwing their ranged weapons, you can totally tack on D3 wounds to that, which is a really nice way to open up the playing field there with that card. I mean, you're, you're going up against something with a heavy, you know, uh, heavy armor that's like kind of hard to punch through. <laughs> D three wounds. Period. I, I really yeah. wanted to get him on the wall, and you kept shutting him down. I was like, I'll just tear, <laughs> I'll just tear down that piece of wall right now with my my raiders style. I'll just motivate him. Exactly, exactly. But I feel like really we're talking about all this stuff just to kind of work our way up to what might be the biggest change. And I didn't <clears> think of this initially in one point five point one, but giants they are yeah. truly living up to their moniker of savage giants. These guys now. Whew, they do work yeah so i i think uh the hit point <laughs> the plus one wound when attacking limit two wounds per failed panic test it's like yikes they they can now push out so much damage and when you were running I, do we want to talk about your list today because i think part of sure why they were so good is because of the way you constructed this list and it was just like one of those things where it was just terrifying to like just watch my guys getting evaporated so this actually is a list that was it's a secret guy so <laughs> top secret tech but this was actually shared with me from colin uh, cleosis who is our editor and he was running this, I think, yesterday in a local tournament. He's running a three NCU, essentially a giant spam list. And it's completely different than kind of any other take I've had when trying to run giant spam. Normally, I go a little bit lighter on the NCU board. But he's got two free folk trappers. One of those has Harma and her Bannerman as the commander in there. And you're probably thinking, like, when we normally talk about commanders for free folk and giants, you people talk about Tormund, and they talk about Rattleshirt. They don't often talk about Harma, and so we'll kind of get into that in a second. But so two trapper units with Harma Vanguard Commander and her Bannermen in them, three Savage Giants, so bringing you up to a total of five units on the table, and then three NCUs, and we're not trying to go cheap here. We've got Mance Raider, the Artful Tactician, Craster, the ally of convenience, and then Steyr, the iron-fisted tyrant. So it's a uh, an eight an eight activation list, and it's got some. I think it's got some legs. Oh, it, the 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 synergy was definitely extremely strong. I mean, Craster giving you another option to put wounds back on giants, having three NCU activations to try to get the wealth zone, extra combat zone. Uh, and then Steyr to just tack on extra, you know, wounds on top of the already ridiculous profile. It was like, there were times I didn't want to like attack the giant because I didn't want to make it <laughs> mad, <laughs> you know, unless I was pretty so, sure I was going to kill it. 
So, and then some of the tactics cards, so fainting maneuver, when you claim the maneuver zone on the tactics board, you get to replace it. It's a replace effect, and it lets one friendly combat unit make a free charge action. And if they're successful, place them in the closest flank arc, uh, which really helps get your giants moving around. And the beauty of it is, which didn't work out so well for me, but I think with more practice, I might get more on Collins' level with it, is that you know if she's got the commander ability, Vanguard Commander, when you claim the maneuver zone, you can return one commander tactics card from the discard pile to your hand, so you can cycle these cards back and forth. Um, and there's diversion tactics after a friendly combat unit is attacked. One other friendly unit within long range may make a free maneuver. Uh, forced march is for infantry only, but one friendly infantry unit may pivot and make a free march action and then become weakened. But you can start using these uh, cards. And in a lot of ways, when you run a lot of giants, the cards don't really help you that much. But hers are cyclable. They are also, uh, you know, they give you those charges. And then the the real kind of secret sauce on here uh, that I, I Colin has really started to crack is the trappers. So they're two units that are insignificant. They're going to do out auto wounds if you move within long range. So not only are giants doing auto wounds, so are your trappers. But with Harmer uh, and her Bannerman, you can give them plus three dice with their bows because it doesn't say it has to. It doesn't say it has to be a melee attack. It's just a regular attack. So shooting into their flanks, you can be shooting with you know nine dice and give them vicious to take you know in exchange for taking D three wounds. You can actually pump out some serious threat with these little little dinky bows. And because the giants have pretty good morale, uh, you're at a four plus now. That's that's going to, uh, you know, probably not proc on your own guy. You're not going to make them fail a panic test. Right. Yeah, it felt, it felt really, like the, I felt like a really strong list. Um, I think uh, it's one of those things where it, it, I think it, if you have some practice, more practice with it, it's, it's pretty sweet. Now, did you find, though, it seemed like there were a lot of, like, kind of dead tactics cards in your hand just because there's a lot of stuff that's yeah. really, like relying on like ganging up and, and getting multiple units engaged did you feel like that was at all a hindrance for this list yeah i definitely do i think you know there were a few moments where i was like maybe i should hang on to a card and i kind of made the wrong call um i had this thought at a moment i was like oh maybe at some point i might actually get to use group assault no the, you know getting the the crit blow if there's two enemy uh units engaged there's no reason I ever want to be using that with my trappers. They hit on a five plus on six dice at best. Um, but I kept thinking like, hey, if I can stack enough cards with, you know, get enough dice with my uh, superior flanking ability from Harma, adding three dice, like maybe it's worth it. Really, you should just be dropping the cards as quick as you can to get to the cards you want and then just cycling those with Harma's ability. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good point. So I'll follow up. And like I said, I want to keep the secret, but when Colin comes on, I'll have to have him talk about how he ran it successfully, and uh, maybe he can coach me on on the ways of uh, of mastering it. But you know, it's just one of those things when it started moving around and all the pieces started clicking. It seems like this could actually be very potent, right? And, and what I liked about it too was like it was a very different look to get from Free Folk. Yeah, you know what I mean, it was one of those things where you know you've seen a, a million lists that are just like a, a just a crap load of infantry, and this was like, huh. You know, giants. Right. Man, it's interesting. I don't know. So, how do you deal with giants then? It's got to you got to spike damage. I think you got to be you got to be re like really aggressive and pull them down before they can heal back up, which is not an easy task. But I think 
that's the kind of unit that you really can't leave hanging around. Like most units get sort of like weaker as they get damaged, right? But like giants are a lot like berserkers in that they have this sort of profile where, you know, the more they're wounded, if they're on their very last wounds, they're dealing so much damage. Right. Uh, and so you just need to finish them off basically. Right. I think now it's it's maybe always a bad idea to like 1v1 a giant because um, you're going to hurt them a little bit, but you're not going to kill them like solo unless you've got extra <laughs> tactics cards or you can do auto wounds. So you're going to hurt them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to hurt you a lot then. And so, you know, you really need to find a, a way to like one, two and gang up on them. It's fun because it was like the opposite free folk experience. Like instead of me trying to get all these units on you, I felt like you were trying to be like, okay, how do I get my <laughs> these guys over here? Yeah. Well, and the other thing was I was trying to bait it out so that you would attack me before I attacked you right. because I didn't want them to have the wounds when you attacked me. So we were like engaged and I'm literally just waiting for you to go so that I can go so that you'll do less damage to me, which is a little right. bit weird. Like it's kind of counterintuitive, but uh, I feel like that's kind of what you have to do. And sometimes, you know, the dice just don't go your way i think there was a great moment where you for me great for, it was fun for me when your flayman charged in and you do all this damage yeah and then it was like oh i got i got one wound left and it's yeah. like oh so i'm gonna hit you back for d3 plus seven and <laughs> bye um yeah that that was a, a bit of a gut punch but you know it's part of the game right it's fun right and your guy i mean i think your guys did more than their their share of work earlier in the match well, right. Yeah, I think at that point we were kind of winding down points-wise, but it was uh, it was still something. It was pretty like hilarious, <laughs> just watching get deleted. So, and it's just a, it's a cool to have two desperate styles of play in the free fork arsenal. Like I could do a legitimate swarm list, something more classical, like Michael Rumsbaum had on here, where you've got six units of raiders and then two like uh, you know units that are going to smash through two anvil units, and. Mm-hmm. Or I could do, uh, you know, a bunch of giants. Oh. It is disappointing, though, that the tactics cards don't really work so well with them, but um, there may be better ways to make that synergy work. I don't know. No, I, I, guess- I feel like tactics cards are really important, but I think if you have a list that's working really well together, you know, it's not always critical. Yeah, so just some kind of, it was just kind of fun playing today and, and just sort of, we're just collecting some short thoughts here. Um, maybe let us know in the comments on our Facebook page uh, how you've been finding feel, uh, Free Folk to be in the 1.5.1 updates. Uh, hopefully we can get Colin on here in a future episode and he can talk about his list, maybe weigh in on his thoughts on some of the other changes so far. But man, overall, it's just been a really great time. And uh, I do want to take a quick second to mention that we are now running the A Song of Ice and Fire Builder website. And we've been working really hard to update all the images. And it's a lot of work. And Mark and his brother Frank, they were, you know, they did an amazing job with that. So now we're just kind of coming into our our own understanding of just, you know, how much it takes to keep everything kind of cleaned up and running in there. But we're taking a stab at it. We're going through and we're hoping to have this deployed. If it's not already out there, it's coming soon. Uh, we've been working on a, a random generator for scenarios so that you can, when you want to play a game, you got your list, you can flip over to the other tab scenarios and look through all the scenarios and see what the rules are. And if you want to pick one to play, just click a button and it will randomly pick one for you. But great feature. So, you know, we're, we're trying to build and add more things on. And if you want to help us in that process, it is a little bit, a little bit labor intensive. If you're in a position to be able to do so, you might consider jumping on over to our Patreon and helping support us. Uh, every little bit helps. And we're really hoping to use that to get 
the Song of Ice and Fire builder up as best as possible, kind of rework some of the elements on on the table gaming to make sure that everything's more accessible. And then we're going to be focusing on helping get out even more content. So, and thank you to people who are already jumping on and supporting. <clears throat> I know a lot of people have been been helping us out, and a lot of you guys have been helping us since like the very beginning. And uh, it, it means a lot. And so uh, we're excited to be able to kind of use that and channel it into a direction that's going to help the community grow and, and hopefully to build lists and play the game in a more fun manner. Percent. Well, this is a quick one for today, but we will be following up. We'll be doing a deep dive on the updates for the Night's Watch. We want to have some guests on here to help explore that. And then we got some kind of cool stuff on the horizon. I think we really haven't done the Baratheon faction justice yet. And with all the new stuff that's out there, we should probably sit down and look at how that's going. It'll be a release party for sure. Whew, I just can't believe how, yeah, how different the game was that we played when you were proxing the new Baratheon hero stuff versus, you know, some of the older games with just the starter set. Well, it's, uh, yeah, uh, Queen of Thorns, Melisandre, totally worth their points. I'm very, very pumped to try them out. So that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. And in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table. Beep, boop, oh. <laughs>